Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the TAO Intentions Podcast. Our guest today is Tiffany O. Bannon. All right. Welcome, Tiffany O'Bannon. It is a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, thanks for having me. So for the audience, Tiffany O'Bannon um, will be on the show today and she'll be sharing her story, her purpose and why she decided to dedicate her life to her profession. So Tiffany, on that note, our first question for you is tell me about yourself, your background and where you are from. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist um, and a wellness coach, and I currently live in Los Angeles, California, although I'm from Chicago. Um, I'm living here now with my two children. I have a son and daughter. My son is eight years old, and my son is five. Wow. So thank you for sharing that. Um, What are some of the services you offer as a therapist? Um, I offer personal therapy and coaching, life coaching and wellness coaching. Okay. And uh, what does a marriage and family therapist mean? Um, So in most cases, if a therapist generally gets a degree in marriage and family therapy, um, in some other cases, clinical social workers become therapists too. So when, as a marriage and family therapist, basically you help people in their work out their interrelational problems. So it can be in your individ, it can be individual therapy, it can be couples, it can be with a family, it can be mother daughter, um, mother son, just any type of relationships. You're helping people manage their relationships. Oh wow. Sounds like a, a lot of work for a therapist <laughs> or to be a therapist. It can be. It can be a lot of work, yes. Okay. So what was a life-changing event that encouraged you to seek this profession? Um, when I was in high school, I took a child psychology class and I found it so interesting. Like one thing that you learned is that I remember learning that with children um, and the way people's personalities are developed, a lot of it has to do with one's experiences, um, good or bad. It kind of forms what what your personality and who you become. There are other factors too, but a lot lot of your experiences weigh heavily on that. And I thought that was so intriguing because before that, I thought people were just born. And they just were who they were. Like, there was no, you, you had no stake in what your personality was, right? But after taking this class, I realized, I learned that it had to do with your experiences. And certain behaviors were a result of certain experiences. And I just thought that was so cool. Like, wow. So then, after that, when people behaved a certain way, I started to think, well, what experience did they have that made them become this way? Or even in the positive, like, um, examples, like, wow, they became like this great person. What experience did they have that made them become that way? And that intrigued me. And it just led me down the path to want to become a therapist. Okay, so you basically learned in high school about nature versus nurture. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is a very complicated uh, thing to get into uh, because I I even met a few people who, you know, maybe had a particular temperament when we were children. And then as they grow, they grew older and we still remain in contact, you can see a complete difference. Their core was the same, but uh-huh. they were still kind of dip- different. So the, the nature versus nurture conversation can go on for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, it can. It depends on yeah your perspective. So yeah, but that's true too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as a therapist, um, what is your focus specialization? Um, I specialize in African American and minority women's issues. Okay. And uh, have you experienced any challenges with your clients, past or present? Challenges? Um, well, there are always challenges. There, I haven't necessarily had any challenges that I couldn't figure out. I haven't had any major um, dramatic things happen, like, you know, someone told me that they're going to hurt themselves or anything like that. But there are definitely always challenges. When you're working with people and their personalities, they create challenges. <laughs> yes, especially when they're fighting against the progress, I guess. Right. Okay. So what are some blessings that you have experienced as a therapist? Um, Blessings that I've experienced. I think that just working with individuals and their problems and trusting you to guide them along their path to like healing. That's a very humbling experience. Um, Yeah, There's something very humbling about this person coming to you, you know, with their the major problems in their lives and saying, can you help me sort through this? And then me sitting there with them um, and just taking them on this journey and, you know, us checking in every week and them continuing to grow and grow. Just them having that, giving you that trust, I think is a blessing because it's like you're helping and you're um, giving back to the person and then it's helping them heal. So, of course, that's a blessing for me. Okay. I, I Listening to what you said, it sounds like a, a lot of responsibility. Um, I don't know anyone that would want that kind of responsibility, but you do have the proper temperament to be a therapist to take on such a challenge. Yeah, it, it's a responsibility, but you, I guess you don't really see it. You see it as a responsibility, but you know, when you're trained to do it, you just do it. You know what I mean? Yes, it just, I do. Just, it, comes, it comes naturally, so you don't really have to think too much. It's just something that you do. Yes, I completely understand. And uh, why have you decided to focus on wellness encompassing mental and physical health? Because I feel like the reason I chose to um, encompass all of those things is because um, our bodies, are directly connected to like our emotional health, right? So a lot of times, and there a lot of the therapy that I have people do, it's like, are you moving? Like, are you when people are depressed, exercising helps, you know, <clears throat> helps improve mood. So a lot of the things that are physical are directly related to their to one's emotional health too. So I think it's important that when you put all those things together. It just creates a great package for emotional wellness. And it's just like having like a toolkit 
to help you feel better. You know, when people come in and they're like, I'm anxious. I'm like, okay, are you, do you do any meditation? What are you doing for yourself, for your body um, to make yourself, I mean, to help yourself? Like, are you walking? Are you doing anything physical? And sometimes people, especially because of the pandemic, they aren't. They're just sitting and, you know, they're idle. And you have to move and get the muscles flowing and just, you know, get that exercise. It helps relieve stress, helps relieve anxiety, and helps relieve um, depression. Mm. So um, encompassing the mental, the physical, and the creative aspect of our minds, I think, is, is the way that we become most healthy emotionally. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. Sometimes I do wonder about that as well, because every success books that I've ever read or any successful person, entrepreneur, whoever it could be, have always said that their daily routine is that they wake up at four o'clock in the morning and, you know, they either do yoga or Pilates or some form of exercise and they become incredibly productive in the day. They're able to solve problems. They are able to manage their emotions a bit better And sometimes I wonder if, you know, exercising has contributed to people's success. In my opinion, it does. It it clears your mind. Um, You know, it gets your blood flowing. And it doesn't have to be vigorous exercise, just like yoga, just a way of kind of managing your body and like taking control of your body and putting it in a positive direction the same way you would do your mind. You know, you wake up and and tell and sit and express gratitude, right? You think of all the positive things that have, you give thanks when you wake up. That's putting yourself in a positive mindset. Well, what do you do for your body? You know what I mean? You have to do things for your body to do the same. I believe you you, you have to do things for your body um, in order to put your body in a positive um, a positive direction, also. And when doing both of those things together, it like, like puts you on fire. I guess that's the way, (laughs) that's the easiest way for me to um, describe it. Oh no, I completely understand. So how is creativity contributing to your focus and why incorporate it in mental and physical health? Um, I feel like creativity is important for your mental Um, your mental health um, overall because it helps you it's like an outlet we all have parts of creativity within us and I feel like when you create you make something that's your own and when you create things that are your own you have a certain sense of pride in yourself for completing that task or you know doing that thing and when I say create it doesn't even necessarily have to be like oh, I'm making, you know, I'm going into the room and painting this wall. It doesn't have to be art. It can be any type of creativity. You know, if you want to um, try a new recipe, follow a recipe, that, that, that can tap into your creativity. If you want to, um, if you want to, to start a volunteer group, something that you've designed, that you, um, or sometimes less community service activity, something that you've designed. All that is tapping into your creative, your creativity, and you're feeding your soul. We all have creative parts of our minds. It's just a matter of whether or not we tap into it or whether or not we don't. 
and when you tap into it, it's your own. And there's you, everyone has a certain sense of pride when they create something that's their own, and that gives you confidence. And then overall, again, that adds to your your mental health and your emotional health. All right. So upon choosing to become a therapist, what was some of your fears or doubt? Um, when I was becoming a therapist, and fears and doubts, I didn't have doubts. I had fears because. The fears that I've had is just there's you know there's always a path like there's a path to become a doctor there's a path to come become a therapist and you you always well not you always I would think what if I don't finish or what if I don't or if I'm not able to complete all the necessary steps to become this licensed therapist um, I think that those were the fears that I'd had because. I had never done a master's program before. I had never done anything, you know, like this. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like what if I stop midway and I don't make it? I don't know why that was a fear of mine, but I was thinking, what if I don't make it all the way to the end? Then what do I do? I'm a failure. Um, that was the only fear I had. Okay. So what what motivated you through that fear? Um as I went along into my program, again, I found it very interesting, and I just continued. I get, there, there are times when I get afraid of things, but I never stop. So I get afraid, but the fear doesn't stop me from continuing. So I would just tell, I would kind of slack myself out and just say, you know, you're enjoying this, you're gonna be the best therapist, just continue this is what you love and I would just kind of put myself up in my head (laughs) and remind myself of how much I loved it okay so have you produced any new fears or or, and doubts during your career um currently you know I don't have any fears or any any doubts sometimes when you have when I have clients that have high profile careers or careers that are very, um, yeah, like high-profile careers. Not Well, not high-profile, but careers that are very, um, like, doctors or lawyers or things like that. Sometimes I think, like, oh, I get a little intimidated, and I'm like, hey, well, this person is a lawyer. Are they going to believe what I'm saying? <laughs> but then I have to remind myself, you know, I do what I do. And this person does what they do in their profession. They're expert as a lawyer, but I'm the expert as a therapist. So, you know, don't worry about it. Just kind of do your thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So why encompass uh, mental and physical health with helping women to accomplish their goals? Because with women, I think it's very important to encompass the mental and the physical health. The mental, because... I feel there are unique oppressions that we've experienced as women throughout history. So I think it's important to focus on our um, current emotional health. And then the physical portion just helps add to that. That it helps, it's a way of checking in with yourself. Um, It's a way of having time to think when you say if you go on a walk or if you just yeah, if you just do something as simple as going on a walk or a bike ride, all those things help contri- contribute to emotional wellness. And I think 
that's important. Um, that's important for me when it comes to, you know, things going on, like in society today, our emotional health. Okay. So you are also an actress. What are some of the projects that you have completed? Um, my most recent project that I completed was I'm in a, um, not showing me in Canada, but I'm in a national commercial for um, American Family Insurance. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the most recent thing since COVID started. They've been like opening the industry and closing the industry. So it's been a little slow this year, but that's the most recent thing I've done. Okay. So I I did realize that I, you know, might not have asked you this before, but what motivated you to be an actress? Why why is your passion fueled for that as well? Um, I have a passion for that also. I think overall I like to I like to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to connect in one-on-one in therapy and helping up people and I also like to connect with them like entertaining people. So I think it's a connection thing, and I've always enjoyed um, I've always enjoyed performing and acting because I feel like you connect, but you connect in a different way, and you can and you can also connect through other people's voices. So I thought that was a unique experience, and it's always been fulfilling. All right, was commercial acting something you always wanted to do? Um, I wanted to do it since high school. I used to do like poetry contests in elementary school and different things like that. And then when I got into high school and I did um, my first commercial, I was like, oh, this is really fun. So then that's when I continued um, to pursue that. Okay. Well, based on, you know, what you have described about your passion for being an actress, the more you described it, I kept thinking theater. So why haven't you looked at a path in, in becoming like a, a theater actress? I've done theater. I majored in theater in college. Okay. So I've done, I've done theater also. There's just not a huge theater market in Los Angeles. Okay. So I used, I used to live in New York and I did do theater. But now, you know, when you have kids, it's like rehearsals five days a week. It's like, eh. I'm not really, um, at this point, I'm not, I don't want to focus on that so much. I've done it. It's a little bit easier when you're younger, but then when you get to my age, you're like, okay, I got to balance all this stuff, you know? All right. So I guess being a commercial actress kind of allows you the time and space to continue to be a therapist because that is your ambitious obsession and also still be there for your children in the way that you need to be. Correct. Yes, I can balance everything. Because the shoots are half a day, you know what I mean? And then you can move on and go on and do other things. Okay. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So since you are also focusing or focused on helping women to accomplish their goals, would you consider yourself more of a life coach or a therapist? I'm definitely a therapist, and but I'm also a life coach. It does when whether or not I'm doing therapy or life coaching or wellness coaching, it depends on what the person needs or what they come to see me for. You know, if you're coming and you're like, oh, I'm having some anxiety and some depression, 
then that'll be more of therapy. But if it's just a situation where you're trying to, you know, set some goals, you want to, you know, a lifestyle, a lifestyle change as far as your, your health and your wellness, um, physically, and just a little mind shift that's more like life coaching rather than deep therapy. So it just depends on what the client needs. Okay. And have you ever encountered a client who has had a bad experience with a previous therapist and is distrusting of all people that are in that profession? Not in general. Generally, if someone calls you, it's because they need your help. So they wouldn't call and sign up and pay big prices, you know what I mean, to say, I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They would just not. They would just not go to therapy in most cases. Okay. It can be extremely hard to trust someone in your profession. So how do you gain the trust of your clients? I gain their trust by listening closely. Mm -hmm. Um, When people, people can tell if you're listening and if you're really in tuned to what they're saying and if, and if you're judging them or not. So, um, excuse me, I try to be very open and listen closely I also tell jokes. I like to tell jokes. Um, That's something that helps me um, build rapport. Those are the main things I do. I'm I'm usually very empathetic, and I tell jokes with the clients, and that generally loosens them up. Okay. Has anything that you have encountered on your journey ever made you question why you are a therapist? No, there's nothing that's ever really... I've always been pretty clear on why I wanted to be a therapist. I like to help people. I've always um, wanted to have a deeper understanding of why people did things. You know, if some when um, some like when people have hurt themselves or committed suicide, some people would judge them and they're like, "Oh, they were using drugs or something like that." I would always think, "But what made them do that?" You know, "But what made them use the drugs?" I always wanted to understand. So. I kind of always knew which direction that I wanted to be a therapist. Okay. And how do you handle disappointments and roadblocks that your client encounter? Usually roadblocks that I encounter with clients, I try to assess whether um, I can find better techniques to help the client or if it's my client just overall kind of being resistant to that particular intervention. So I kind of review, I consider what the client's goals are, what I've already tried, and kind of reflect on what my approach is, and if I can find a better approach, or if it's just some type of major resistance that I'm experiencing from the client. And if I feel like there is some type of resistance, then that'll guide my next line of questioning in the next session. Like maybe I'll discuss that resistance or whatever it is I figure figure out is the issue. Okay. Have you ever had a client that has triggered you or and how did you handle it? I haven't had a client yet that has triggered me, but I do, I have had clients that have had that make the, like I'll meet with them and they're currently in a situation that I've been in in the past. So I have to catch myself from relating the, 
relating too much and imposing my thoughts on them. You know, that that's the way I that that happens. That's happened a couple of times. And then I'll have to now reflect after the session and say, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that or maybe that was too much or I'll ask myself, am I imposing too much of what I think um, on on them and, you know, hinting at a particular decision they should make or a judgment that ha- that's happened mm-hmm. a couple times. And how do you handle clients that are going through something that will hurt them, but it is necessary for their growth? That's like a similar thing. Generally, what I try to do with those clients, I will make sure we talk everything out. So me on the outside looking in, in most cases, you know, if they're sharing a situation with me that I know is harmful, I can see like all the red flags, but they can't. Mm -hmm. So I try to start, I go in with a line of questioning that tries to open up every aspect of the issue to them, ask them. I don't tell them what to do, but I ask them questions and confirm certain things about the situation um, just to make sure that they're aware of the decision that they're making. Because sometimes people are aware of the decision they're making, and sometimes, I I never want it to be a situation where they're like, oh, I never never thought of that. You know what I mean? after the fact, like after something bad has already happened. I like to take them through like every aspect of the problem so that we think it through and we talk it through so that at least if they're making that decision, it's an informed decision and they've agreed to whatever the consequences are, good or bad, rather than them walking into the situation blind. Does that make sense? Yes, it completely makes sense. It's almost like walking with them as they make their decision and even if they decide to still allow themselves to experience pain in that way you're there to kind of hold their hand yes and at least they've talked they've talked it through and it's conscious it's like okay well you agree that you run that risk but you've agreed to take that risk and that's okay you know what i mean that's fine but it's different when you're like, oh, I never thought this would have happened. You know what I mean? Then it's like a shocker. But <laughs> talked. I feel like it's my job to make sure that you've thought. I make. I mean, that I. Yeah, I feel like it's my job to make sure you've thought it. If you've brought it to me, you know, make sure that you've thought it through and you're making an informed decision. That's going to be the best decision for your. Because again, my my goal is to keep your emotional health at its best, right? So. Um, I want to make sure you thought it through and your decision is informed because then the, uh, the blow is a different type of hard. It's not necessarily less hard, but it's a different type of hard. I understand. Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you're walking with someone as they're making a decision and you, you something just comes out of left field and shock you? It shocks me? Yes, you. Um, but it shocks me about the client's story. Or you mean in my personal life? This client story. Oh, oh yes. You, you could, you people in their lives. Oh yes. There's so <laughs> many stories. I'm like, what? Like you never told me that. <laughs> and then I have to like catch myself because I don't want to impose, you know, my opinions on it. But sometimes it like slips, and then we kind of have to back up and say, okay, wait. You know, 
I didn't know this was happening, but now that I do know, how did we get here? You know, I'll ask that. Like, what led you to that decision? Oh, this led you to that decision? Well, um, now that I know that that's your decision, how, like, what, how will you feel if this happened or this happened? You know, I just take them through a series of different questions. (laughs) I do sometimes find that a lot of people live a reality show kind of life. So I am always shocked when people tell me stories about their lives, but that's just me. Maybe it's because I don't have any cable. Um, <laughs> what has kept you encouraged on your in your profession? I think what keeps you encouraged is when you do each person that you, um, not not every single person, but the majority of the people that you meet and you help, and they and they do see improvements in their lives and their emotional health. It's like, wow, I helped, I helped them with that, you know? Like each time or when you um, open their mind up to something that they've never thought about. It's like, oh, okay, I may have given them a tool that they can, they, they can have forever. I tell my clients all the time, the goal isn't for you to see me forever. I try to get you to see the patterns that you have in your life and give you tools so that you don't need me forever. There may be things that come up, you know, like, it doesn't mean that you'll never, ever, ever need a therapist because there are going to be things that, you know, life changes, things that come up that you may want to go back for some rebuffers, you know. But I want to give you the tools so that you can help yourself. And each time I help someone and, you know, they have those tools and they no longer need to see me, it's like, oh, that's great. Job done there. And then that encourages you, you know, like, oh, okay, great. And then you move on to the next person and you just continue to be encouraged by each person's story. Okay. And what has assisted in your personal growth professionally or personally? And do you feel that there is a lot left for you to learn? Oh, yeah, there's always a lot left to learn. Um, I think what's assisted me personally are um, books, reading different types of books from different perspectives. Um also just experiences with people you know having different experiences with people in relationships with um even with my children those are teachers you know those are experiences that teach me certain things about life um i think the world is a whole big experience but for more specified experience i would say different books different types of books um and i do a lot of trainings too a lot of talks and panels about um, people in different countries and how they approach the field and the ideas um, within the field too. So I'm always looking to learn or reading um, magazines, psychology magazines with all of the latest research. I'm always reading and trying to constantly learn more. Okay. So my next question for you Um, please define what is success in your profession and is that your goal? Um, I think success in my profession is unique to each individual. Um, For me, it is having a client caseload that I feel I'm extremely connected with and that's enough clients to balance my life, the type of lifestyle I want. Like I don't want to work you know, extremely, like I said, I have children, so I don't want to work extremely long hours. Um, I want to work um, 
I want it to be balanced and I want to work with people that I'm extremely connected to. So um, that is how I would define success in my profession. Okay. And what is the next um, step with your acting career? Well, um, I'm going to continue auditioning. Pilot season is coming up. And hopefully if um, the city says that shooting, you know, of TV shows and um, commercials and everything can start back up, I will be partaking in that. Okay. I do have a curiosity question for you, though. I want to know, has your acting career fueled your therapy or your therapist career or has your therapist career kind of fueled your acting career and provided inspiration? I think that that's a good question. I, I would say I began acting before I was actually able to perform therapy on people so in the beginning I would say that it was my acting hmm I think wow that's a really good question (laughs) I think I would say now actually that therapy fuels acting because sometimes I meet people and they have these stories and they think they're the only one that excuse me that has this story but there's several people that have the same story or similar issues. And when they hear that, that makes them feel good, like they're not the only one, you know, having that struggle. So then that makes me, when I am acting, that makes me think of those people and those characters. And sometimes I'm like, I'll meet with people and I'm like, I should write a TV show about this, you know because this is really unique and these experiences people need to, or these types of issues, people sorting through them, people need to hear or the world needs to hear. So I think in some ways the therapy fuels my creativity in the acting. Okay. If that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. I was even wondering if this follow-up question would be good, but it sounds to me that each and every one of your clients that you you kind of carry a piece of them with you yes i would probably would have never put it in those words but i think i do yes (laughs) well i Um, don't mean like you carried their burdens everywhere with you no i know what you mean Mm -hmm. but you remember um you remember each individual one and like what they've struggled with and it it's like it you carry it with you. Like that's, that's the best way to say it. Yeah, you carry a little bit of it with you. It's not necessarily a burden. It's not that you walk out, you know, thinking about their problems. But, you know, they've and it's a unique relationship. It's someone, and it's unlike any other. You come to me and you tell me every, you open, spill your guts out to me. I talk to you about it. And, you know, I help you sort through it. I help you heal. And then we're done right Mm -hmm. so there's like so you carry a piece because there's really no real closure because it never really was your friend per se yeah so a part of it does kind of go with you because you have to leave it in the room like okay they're no longer because you can't have dual relationships with therapy so if you're my client I can't have a personal relationship with you so I think what you worked on it you carry it with you like in your spirit 
like the healing that they were um, that they work through, the clarity, you know, you carry that with you as a positive um, experience. Okay, thank you for sharing that. I know it was surprise questions at the end there, but I was just very curious just listening to how you explain um, aspects of your career, your ambitious obsession. So that concludes the questions I have for you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and explaining to the audience, sharing with the audience who you are, your profession, and you know what fuels your passion. I would like for you to share with the audience how they can reach you. Um, you can reach me at, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, O wellness tiffany o wellness um or you can email me at mft like marriage and family therapist mft tiffany at gmail.com all right thank you so much for coming on the podcast and an experience an insight look at your profession your life thank you so much for that and thank you again for having me I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Now click the follow button under TAO Intentions Podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Also follow our social media pages on Facebook, The Ambitious Obsession, and Instagram and Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. I hope you guys have a splendid day. 